Let us pray for illumination. Almighty God, by the power of your Holy Spirit, speak to us in the language of our hearts so that we may hear your word with understanding and answer your call with confidence. Amen. Our reading today is from Acts, the second chapter, the first 21 verses. When the day of Pentecost had come, they were all together in one place, and suddenly from heaven there came a sound like the rush of a violent wind, and it filled the entire house where they were sitting. Divided tongues as a fire appeared among them, and a tongue rested on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other languages as the Spirit gave them ability. Now there were devout Jews from every nation under heaven living in Jerusalem. And at this sound, the crowd gathered and was bewildered because each one of them heard them speaking in the native language of each. Amazed and astonished, they asked, are not all those who are speaking Galileans? And how is it that we hear each of us in our own native language? Parthians, Medes, Elamites and residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus in Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and the parts of Libya belonging to Cyrene, and visitors from Rome, both Jews and proselytes, Cretans and Arabs. In our own languages, we hear them speaking about God's deeds of power. All were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, what does this mean? But others sneered and said, they are filled with new wine. But Peter, standing with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed them. Men of Judea and all who live in Jerusalem, let this be known to you and listen to what I say. Indeed, these are not drunk, as you suppose, for it is only nine o'clock in the morning. No, this is what was spoken through the prophet Joel. In the last days it will be, God declares, that I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. And your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams, even upon my slaves, both men and women, in those days I will pour out my spirit, and they shall prophesy, and I will show portents in the heaven above and signs on the earth below, blood and fire and smoky mist. The sun shall be turned to darkness and the moon to blood before the coming of the Lord's great and glorious day. Then everyone who calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks, Thanks be to God. God. Oh Lord, may my words and may our thoughts be acceptable in your sight, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. All were amazed and perplexed, saying to one another, what's it mean? Now, of course, if they had read today's sermon title, they would know the question I would ask in that situation. If I were in that dramatic scene we just read about, I would ask, what language are you hearing? <laughs> to me, it draws to mind the, 
you know, have you ever seen pictures of the United Nations where everybody has little headphones on and, and whoever's giving a speech has been translated in all the languages of the world represented at the United Nations? Well, this is like that, but without the headphones and without the translators. Disciples and the others were, they're gathered in that room, they're waiting, and after Jesus ascended to heaven, after Jesus ascended into heaven, they didn't rush back to headquarters in Jerusalem, contact Presbyterian office. They didn't form a committee. They didn't uh, select a pastor nominating committee and go looking for a preacher. They waited and waited. Why? What were they waiting for? Well, remember that just before Jesus ascended into heaven, he made them a promise. He said, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. So on the day of Pentecost, they were waiting for power. Pentecost was already a major Jewish holiday, 50 days after Passover. Called a week of weeks, seven weeks and a day, right? They are gathered in a room when, bam, something happened. Suddenly from heaven there came a sound. It doesn't say a wind, it's a sound like a rush of a violent wind. Filled the entire house where they were sitting. That would get your attention, wouldn't it? you ever been in your house when all of a sudden you hear a shh? It was a water leak in our case. <laughs> but that gets your attention when you hear that rushing sound. And then they, after hearing the, hearing the rush of the wind sound, they, they see something amazing. Divided tongues as of power appeared upon them and a tongue rested on each one of them. We know oftentimes in the Old Testament, God has appeared and to people and with a, sound, with a vision of fire. Remember Moses saw that burning bush that didn't, was not consumed by the fire and God spoke to him from that. Or when the people of Israel were, were traveling around those 40 years, they were led by a pillar of fire. That God's guidance often was associated with fire. Well, and then the most amazing thing happened. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and they began speaking other languages as the Spirit gave them ability. How do the people who hear them respond? Well, amazed and astonished. And they ask, are all these people speaking all these languages? Aren't they from Galilee? How is it we hear each of us in our own language? And then Luke gives us that long list that Sarah read of many, many places the people are from. They listen and they hear. The disciples and the other followers of Jesus, anointed with the Holy Spirit, speaking about God's deeds of power in their own languages. So what language are you hearing? And for that matter, what language are you speaking some people are speaking the language of fear and hate and intolerance. Maybe you saw the video this week, it was all over the news and online, of a man, turns out to be a lawyer, in New York City who became so angry, he heard a couple of people speaking Spanish at this restaurant, three of them I guess, and then he confronts the manager and tells them that they ought to be talking English, this is America. Well, I have to tell you, you can walk around NC State and hear a dozen languages easily, but in New York City you can hear many, many languages, all the languages of the world. 
Well, the manager politely listened to his complaint, although there were, if you watch the video, there are several other people who responded to the customer, not by turning the other cheek, as we're told to do, but by speaking their own language of fear and hate and intolerance. Or maybe you saw the video of a famous leader calling immigrants animals. Yeah, I know, different people heard that different ways. Just as some heard that computer voice say, Yanny, while others claim to have heard it say, Laurel. <laughs> well, in case you didn't hear about that, it was kind of like the controversy. What happened is somebody had their phone say, they told it to say, L-A-U-R-E-L, Laurel. But a lot of people hear it, and I hear it that way, say, Yanny. Well, it's kind of like a few years ago, there was a whole thing, there was a picture of a dress, and they said, what color is the dress? Well, a bunch of people said it was blue, and a bunch of people said it was gold. I just said it was shiny. <laughs> the same thing can get interpreted very different ways. Part of the problem, part of the problem is that the message we try to speak can be heard in a way we didn't intend at all. You know, I've told you before about the old couple rocking on the porch at sunset when the wife looks lovingly at her husband and says, Honey, I'm proud of you. He whips around and says, I'm tired of you too. <laughs> <laughs> well, sometimes miscommunication isn't so funny. Well, just, just last Thursday, Sarah Doug went off to the drugstore. Betty was going to Durham to do a presentation for her work with the NAMI, North Carolina, and while we're standing in line at the cash register checking out, Sarah gets a text from her mama, call me, ASAP. That's all it says. Well, the problem is, to get a call, you have to go to where you can get a signal. The text could come through, but you couldn't make a phone call. So we have to leave the target, we have to get in the car and get away from their parking lot and around to the other side of the building before we could call her and say, What's happening? Well, Sarah and I are both thinking, who died? <laughs> Has somebody been in an accident? Is Paul okay? What's the emergency? We're, we're bracing ourselves. We're, you know, something bad has happened. We've never gotten that kind of message from Betty. But when we get on the phone, she's just all jolly and happy and said, oh, all the stuff from my presentation was in the car y'all had. <laughs> And so I came, while you were in the store, I came and got it out, so it's all okay, never mind, don't worry. I'm on my way to Durham. So you know what I said. <laughs> Honey, I'm proud of you. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's a, there's a lady named Deborah Tannen, who's a scholar who's written several books about communication. She's not a psychologist, she's actually a business professor. And uh, she talks about what gets what we say and how it gets heard at work and in families. And one of the first book of hers I read, an early book called You Just Don't Understand. She wrote about the differences between how women and men communicate. Well, just for example, the couple comes home from work, and the wife says, she describes this frustrating situation at her job that day, and the husband, the husband tries to offer good and helpful advice, as husbands do. 
And they both end up angry at each other. He is frustrated and says, you say I don't listen, but you talk about a problem and I come up with things that will help, help deal with it, solve it. She is hurt and angry and she says, I just wanted you to listen. I didn't ask you for a 10 point plan. <laughs> she also has this long explanation that's pretty good about why men don't like to ask for directions. Well, some men. That applies to some ladies too, I think. But anyway. In another book, she had the wonderful title about communication and families. It's called I only say this because I love you. <laughs> well, the take-home wisdom in that book, especially for adult children, to recognize that their parents, their parents just want to be involved in their lives and have a connection with them. And for the parents to recognize that sometimes their efforts to offer help can come across as unwelcome desire to control everything. And well, because a lot of that communication in families, the challenges come up between mothers and daughters. She wrote another book about communication between mothers and daughters. She called that, you gonna wear that? <laughs> They're pretty good books, she's got some sense. Well, when we say something, we know what we intend. I know what I meant. Usually, but we can be real surprised when somebody hears it in a very different way. Well, just recently, a Duke University official heard foul and angry language and music that was being played at a coffee shop on the campus at Duke University. So he did what a responsible administrator adult would do. He told the shop employees he thought that was inappropriate, and they turned the music off. And he followed up by sharing his, because they said, oh, you know, it's just on a playlist. I, we didn't set that up. It's a playlist. So he shared his concern with the shop's owner. And the owner, well, the owner didn't take kindly to all that. So he fired the workers. And he said, I'm going to close my shop and go somewhere. I can't live by your rules. Well, so I read all this in the paper and online and WRL. So I listened to the song that he had complained about. He complained about this song called Get Paid by Young Dolph. Well, I have to tell you, I listened. I didn't listen to the whole thing. I listened to a line of it. But in the first 30 seconds, the N-word got used a few times, and then that B-word, which is not a thing you call ladies, and then the F-word, and that was just the first few seconds, and I said, whoa, I'd have enough. I could understand myself why a Duke official would say, no anger and foul language in a campus shop, especially because there were children there. No, not appropriate. But I also talked about this with folks that I see as I respect as responsible people, and they said, well, obviously the problem is just rap music. That's just the way it is. So the same thing can be heard in very different ways. Although I will tell you, it was Yanny. <laughs> Actually, now, I, I heard it on the Jimmy Kimmel show, and when he played it, it was clearly Laurel. So it depends on your speakers, too, and, and who's playing it, as well as your ears. 
Well, that's why we need the Holy Spirit to guide our understanding of God's Word, because people can read it different ways. Charles Manson, for example, twisted the book of Revelation in bizarre and ugly ways. Sometimes misguided people twist that message of, in the Bible of love and peace into hateful, ugly, mean plans. That's one reason not just to lean on our understanding, as the book says, but to pray with and listen to our sisters and brothers in the church. If what we hear in the Bible is a call to violence, well, we need to learn. We got it wrong. We're just not reading it right. If we don't hear a call to show mercy and love to all of God's children, we need to read and pray some more with other people. Now, yesterday, if you watched the big wedding in England, you saw uh, the North Carolina bishop, who's now the North American bishop for the Episcopal Church, preaching. In his sermon at that wedding, Bishop Michael Curry quoted from a, a book we've been talking about here the last month or so, First John. He quoted from John, 1 John, the fourth chapter. Whoever does not love God does not know God, for God is love. And last summer, well, last summer he sent out a tweet that offered a good test for us to use in our interpretation of or how we hear, how we understand what we read in the Bible. He wrote, if it's not about love, it's not about God, because God is love. Well, as Christians, our faith is based on trusting. First, that God loves us. And secondly, that we are saved by faith in Jesus Christ. As Christians, we are guided by, supported by, empowered by the Holy Spirit. Our job is to do what Jesus told them in the second half of that verse I mentioned from the first chapter of Acts. The verse where he promised the gift of the Holy Spirit, he said, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and all Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. There's a popular quotation that's attributed to St. Francis of Assisi. Preach the gospel at all times. When necessary, use words. There's a similar idea in a little poem that my father used in his very first sermon when I was a three-year-old back in 1952. So I read the transcript. <laughs> that little poem said, you are writing a gospel, a chapter each day, by deeds that you do, by words that you see. You say, men read what you write, whether faithless or true. Say, what is the gospel according to you? May the Holy Spirit grant you and me the ability to speak about God's grace, God's forgiveness, God's love, God's peace in language that all can understand. That language not just being words, but love and faith in action. Thanks be to God. Spirit of the living God, when we have relied on ourselves alone, and we have done that a lot, what has been our gain?
but with your spirit, all things are possible. So come, O Holy Spirit, come, come like the holy fire and inspire us. Come like holy wind and cleanse us. Come like holy light and lead us. Come like holy truth and teach us. Come like holy love and enfold us. Come like holy power and enable us. Come as abundant life and fill us, convert us, consecrate us until we are completely yours. Come Holy Spirit, come. For you pray in the name of Jesus Christ, amen.